Welcome to RiskWise, a show about money for Muslims, where you'll learn how to make smarter financial decisions without selling your soul. For the full experience, join us at no cost at riskwise.com. Assalamu alaikum, Risk Nation. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ahmed Manowar, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, defender of financial freedom, Mr. Saeed Ali. Assalamu alaikum. Great to be here. Thank you for having me again. And thanks you, thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. Thank you for that intro, Ahmed, the writer of Compelling Emails. Yeah, you know, every time I say Risk Nation now, I start to feel more and more like Stephen Colbert. Oh, really? You know, well, how, I, you know how he what? begins his show? No. He goes, nation, and then he starts his monologue. Oh, uh, really? I didn't know that. So, <laughs> risk, risk nation, nation, let's talk about debt. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're still talking about debt. People must be like, wow, these guys just keep going on and on and on. This must be, what, episode five on debt? Mm-hmm. Like, how could we possibly have so much to say about debt? There is. Uh, and we've been getting more and more questions about debt. And I, I think, I don't know, I feel like this is hitting home with a lot of people. I mean, I'm getting comments from people that I know in real life. And they're saying, yeah, I'm glad that you guys are discussing this. And that, you know, the ideas that you've got on the show, I mean, it's something that we just don't talk about, right? As Muslims, you know, interest, haram, you know, credit card balances, that's stupid. So nobody would ever admit that they have it. Nobody would ever talk about it. Nobody ever deals with it. So it just kind of gets left there. Right. Yeah. So. Well, one of my one of my teachers and mentors, when I talked to him about the idea of the show risk wise, um, he said, the problem is that we all talk about we, we talk a lot about the problem, but no one talks about how to deal with the problem. <laughs> and that's that's really I, what risk wise is supposed to be and that we hope it becomes. Inshallah. Inshallah. I love that. That's so good. So today. So what? today, today, we're going to make, you know, we're going to make an admission. And the admission is that everybody is going to fall off the wagon at some point or another on their journey to paying off debt. Inshallah, that doesn't happen to you, but it happens to almost everybody. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you hope it doesn't, mm-hmm. but it, but it will. And and the hope is that. Wait, wait, wait! It might. Let's not say well. Let's be a little a little bit more positive. Well, I think it depends on what what we mean by falling off the wagon. Oh, okay. There's going to be mishaps. Right. There's going to be little, um, little you know, hiccups. You're going to trip oh, okay. up here and there. There's going to be small things. Yeah, the hope is that you don't have a big mishap and you don't completely fall off the wagon and give up entirely. That's not what we want. And that's that's what we're going to talk about today. How to stay the course on your debt-free journey, mm-hmm. right? Weather the storm. When you trip up, when you make a mistake, when you have a mishap, how to get right back on the wagon and get back to your plan and not let those little bumps in the road completely derail your plan. Exactly. And, you know, I'm sure you can imagine that this happens to a lot of people. If it may have, may have already happened to you in the past where you've made the, the dedication that you're going to get out of debt, absolutely, 100%. And then something comes up and then you kind of fall back on that promise that you made to yourself. And it's a little demoralizing. It feels a lot like failure. So we're going to be talking about that, how to beat that feeling of failure and how to get back on that wagon. And I think it boils down to, Ahmed, three major core parts of dealing with the fact that you've you know, stumbled on your journey to become debt-free and then getting back on the wagon and getting back to moving forward on that goal. I think it comes down to three major areas. Okay. So I think the first is we have to deal with 
the feelings of what it feels like to go through failure. And I, 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 I understand, Ahmed, if talking about feelings makes you uncomfortable and you, you need to take a break and do some push-ups and bench presses to feel manly again. Well, I'm like Mr. Macho. (laughs) Since when? (laughs) I just wanted to know if this is like the, this is like your foray into self-help. Am I going to see a, a a Saeed Ali self-help book uh, at the bookstore next time I go with called, uh, you know, the, the feel, think and act your path to being debt free. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good title. I might go with that. There you go. Put that psychology just, degree. Just mention me in the acknowledgments. That's all I ask for. <laughs> Anytime, man. No problem. So the first thing is to deal with those feelings. The feelings of, and, and that feeling of failure that you have a debt reduction plan, hopefully after that we've talked about it, that you know what your debt-free date is. And then something comes up that, you know, whether you expect it or not, and it derails you. You didn't have it part of your plan. It wasn't there. You didn't think about it maybe. And now you have more debt or now you have, you know, less cash to put towards your debt so your debt-free date gets pushed back and that's going to feel bad Mm. and that's okay at first at least i i really really like the zen habits blog i know i've talked about it a lot before Mm -hmm. here um but it's it's that's something that he really really talks about quite a bit uh leo i don't know how to pronounce his last name but leo from zen habits he talks about this idea of accepting and dealing with feelings and letting them pass and the idea that we tend to get very compulsive with our feelings. So when we feel something, we're, we're, we feel compelled to act upon it. Mm-hmm. So he tends to use that example for things like, you know, um, let's say you have a compulsion to check Facebook 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. Who, who doesn't, right? He said instead of, you know, when, when you have that feeling, you have that compulsion, instead of immediately acting on it, because it's so easy to act on it, you have the app on your phone or whatever it may be, just acknowledge the feeling, let it sink in, wait, don't do anything, and let it pass. Mm. And what you'll find is if you just take that, give yourself that space to acknowledge the feeling, that it actually does pass, and you actually don't need to go onto Facebook, and you haven't actually missed anything. Look at you and your psych talk. I'm impressed, man. <laughs> that That's exactly what this section was, was about. It's acknowledge that feeling of failure, that dumpy feeling, the self-loathing and the self-criticism that's going to happen. Acknowledge that that feeling of failure exists. Don't try and push it back to the back of your mind and just jump into action. Let it pass. It's temporary and control that, you know, that negative self-talk, which I'll talk about in a second. But you know, just take that like a minute to accept that whatever happened that put you back on your debt reduction plan happened. You know, that's it. Vent about it if you have to. Talk about it with somebody if you have to. And uh, a little bit of side marriage advice, which I hear about this all the time. I got to say it. Uh, men have a problem with listening to their wives vent. We try to jump to solutions, right? Wife says, this is a problem. This is bothering her. And we're like, oh, okay, here's what you're going to do. You know, you're going to do this and this is how it's going to get solved. That's not what this step is about. Oh, I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So here's what's wrong. Here's how you're going to fix it. This is what you got to do tomorrow. Like, no, often we just need to vent. And if you're, you know, you're talking to your husband about this, start it with the phrase, I just need to vent. I don't need you to solve a problem. Please just listen. But then he won't listen. <laughs> 
I think no. I think people will be surprised because I think a lot of guys. I mean, I feel this a lot, where you know a problem gets presented to me and my brain just go, like jumps into hyperactivity. And this is totally off off topic, but now I got to solve this problem. I'm presented with a challenge. I need to rise to the challenge, and that's not really required. I can just kind of sit back, listen, you know, and, and recognize how valuable that is, um, just to be able to vent and be able to have somebody listen to what you're you're feeling. So it's you know it's just it's just that it's getting over the feeling of failure. See, to me, I think this is a lot like, as Muslims, the idea of sinning and how we deal with sin. Okay. Is that you're, you're going to sin. No one is free of sin, right? No. You're, you're absolutely going to sin. The hope is that you don't sin or that you sin as, as little as possible or that you sin less over time, but you're going to slip up. You're going to do things that you know you shouldn't do. That's going to happen, right? Now, when you do sin, what we're taught is that we make tawbah, we repent to Allah, right? And we when we repent, as long as the repentance fulfills certain conditions and we're sincere that we won't return back to that sin, then we should be confident that Allah will accept our repentance because that's what he promised us. And then we move on. And then we move on. Then we don't think about it. We don't recount our sins. We don't tell people about our sins. We don't dwell on our sins. We move on knowing that we made repentance. We made tawbah. Inshallah, Allah will accept. And we're going to just do our best to never do that again. And we move on with life. Hmm. I like that analogy. Same Good thing. Good stuff. Here. Yeah, absolutely. So then the next thing, once we've dealt with the feelings of failure and we've let that pass, we've vented about it and we've made sure that we're, you know, not hating ourselves because we've failed and we've stumbled on, on this goal. Now we got to get our thinking right. And, and this is really, really big. And I know a lot of people like, can easily fall into this. So instead of saying things to yourself like, I'm so dumb, I can't believe that happened, I failed at paying off this debt, that's all pretty heavy stuff. Like it's very negative and it doesn't give you the credit that you deserve as a person for trying, like putting yourself out there, getting out of your comfort zone, stopping the old habits and trying to accomplish something that is important to you. Like you get so much prop, so much credit for going out there and trying to make it happen and to putting in the work, right? You don't get credit for, you know, making an intention and taking no actions. Well, you get that credit with Allah, but you don't get that credit in your pocketbook that, you know, intentions don't pay the bills. So if you've done the work and you've, you know, created a debt reduction plan and you've tried to, you know, you, you've been controlling your spending, you've done the, your budget, you're, you're doing the controlling mechanisms, the spending control mechanisms that we've talked about, and even still something has come up and you've stumbled, that's okay. Let's get that negative thinking away from you. You're not a failure. Rather... Think about it like, I haven't finished paying off this debt yet. Right. Not that I have failed on this objective entirely, throw that spreadsheet out the window, forget it because there's no point. That's true failure. This is just a stumble. Hey, I haven't paid off this debt yet. It didn't happen in the timeline that I originally conceived. But this isn't a race, right? You don't have to, it's not a sprint to the finish line. You're allowed to trip. It's okay. Just make sure you get up and continue to move forward. And that's the key that we're talking about today. If you stumble, if something comes up, don't let it all flounder. Get back up. And, you know, one of the key things here is thinking about it, getting your thinking right. You're not a bad person if you've stumbled and don't completely give up. That is failure. Stumbling is not. Yeah, to use a business analogy, the startup folks, especially the lean startup folks, they like to say that uh, no business plan ever survives contact with the market. 
Oh, wow. That when you, you can have a business plan, you can put your ideas and your plans on paper and you can say, I'm going to hit this much in revenue this year and that year. And that almost never happens. Right? <laughs> Once your plan makes contact with a market and has interaction with the market and it gets out into the real world and it has to, uh, has to find a way to succeed, it almost always looks different. Mm-hmm. And different isn't bad. Different is just different. Right. So it's the same thing here. You can put together your debt plan, your debt reduction plan and your schedule and you can do all of that. And a lot of it will be based on some very good intentions, which is good. You should have good intentions. You should aim high. Right. But you have to acknowledge that in the real world, things are not always going to work out just as you thought they might. Yeah, exactly. And just because they don't they work just because they don't work out exactly like you thought doesn't mean that you shouldn't continue moving forward on that goal. So once we've gotten rid of this negative self-talk and this really depressive sort of uh, mentality that can come with failure, let's figure out what went wrong. So let's think about this. I had this plan to pay off this debt at this date. I've stumbled. It's not going to happen on that date. Why did that stumbling occur? Was it that some unexpected expense came up, like some car repair bill or something came up that you just weren't ready for? Was it you know, Black Friday came out and all the stuff that you wanted to buy all year was super cheap and you just couldn't pass it up. So you went on a little bit of a a shopping binge. Was it that, you know, you went out with some friends and spent a little bit too much money because they just kept wanting to go to different place after place and get the desserts and, you know, whatever. And, you know, going out and being social um, cost you more than you had originally budgeted for. Like, think about that. What's the reason? What was it that caused the the stumbling and then in the next step we figure out how to take action on it but that first is what caused it why why did the stumbling occur and let's learn from that and and that's i think that's probably the most important point that we're going to make today right once you've acknowledged the feelings and you let the feelings pass and of course action is important but action is only meaningful if it's directed uh, in the right way Mm -hmm. and the way to direct your action is to make sure that you're solving the right problem Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to understand if you fell off the wagon, if you slipped up, you have to understand what happened. And that whole discussion that we've had in the past about habit building and habit formation and how to get rid of bad habits. That's all really, really important here. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember that every habit has a cue. There's the cue. There's the action itself. And there's the reward. Mm-hmm. So when you look at this and you look at, how, you know, how did you slip up? What went wrong? you're probably immediately going to look at the action. I, you know, what Saeed said, I went out with friends, uh, Black Friday, whatever it may be. That Those are the actions, right? If you're not in North America, Black Friday is a big uh, a day, the day after American Thanksgiving, where tons of stuff is on sale in preparation for Christmas. That's why, if you didn't know what that was. And it's more than Christmas. It's, it's the biggest shopping day of the year, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. In the U.S. anyway. In the U.S. it is. Yes, you're right. You're right in the U.S. for sure. So those are actions, right? This is how I spent the money and this is where I went wrong. But Mm -hmm. once you've identified the action, that's just the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? The next step is what was the cue and what was the reward? Yeah, what was the thing that led to the action? So if it's Black Friday shopping, nine times out of ten, the cue is, well, these days, an email that you received from a retailer who has your email address. And why you haven't unsubscribed yet? is beyond me. So do that now. Um, if or a social cue that your friends are going to the mall for Black Friday shopping and it becomes like a, it becomes a social event, right? Like you go and then you, you line up in the lines and the mall is madness and that's kind of funny to watch, right? You, you know what's funny? Like I got two text messages on Black Friday asking me what uh, if I'm uh, 
you know, what am I buying? And then when I came into the office, a couple of guys were like, hey, what are you buying for Black Friday? I don't really think I give off the vibe as a shopper. So I, I think it was just exactly a social cue. You know, they're going out shopping. What are you getting? This is what I'm looking for. It's something to talk about at the water cooler the next day. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I got a true. plasma TV. Oh, I got this and that. And th- that's almost always what people buy. Yeah, that's what people were talking about. But yeah, so understand what that cue that led to that that thing was, if it was a, a spending decision that you made. And then let's let's talk about actions. Okay. So once we've done some thinking, we've got that negative self-talk out of the window, out of the way, you know, you're not, you know, getting down on yourself and you've figured out what it is that caused uh, the spending to occur and the delay in your debt free. Let's take some action on this. So now we have to figure out how to solve that problem. So if let's say the problem was that some unexpected expense occurred, you weren't ready for it. You didn't have uh, an emergency fund that you know, was going to be there in order for you to pay off your debt. Well, maybe part of your debt reduction plan should include it, should include building an emergency fund that not every cent goes towards paying off debt. You keep a little bit aside for emergencies. That's one way that you can mitigate that risk of falling back into debt, getting into a frustrated um, failure cycle, and then not moving forward because you've gone backwards because of an unexpected expense. You have some money aside for emergencies. You know, you get a flat tire, no big deal. I got some money aside. I can take care of that onward and upward with my debt reduction plan. This doesn't derail me. And it, right? sounds, it almost seems counterintuitive that you, you would think that you should be putting every single penny that you have that you're not spending towards the debt because that would be the more um, responsible yeah. thing to do. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think in this case, the argument that Sade's making, and I and I think it makes a lot of sense, is that having that emergency fund will help you weather the challenges that you're going to face on your journey to paying off debt. Mm-hmm. So having that emergency fund, I think in a lot of cases, will probably help prevent you from getting deeper into debt and falling off the wagon. Completely. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you have a lot of debt to pay off and your debt reduction, your debt elimination date is well into the future. Having an emergency fund is pretty much mandatory because it can get easy to be demoralized. Like if your debt reduction plan has you paying off debt for like three, four years, yeah, it can be so easy to be demoralized after three, four months, let alone three, four years. And we don't want to get your negative psychology in the way where some emergency derails you entirely. So maybe that's the case. So maybe we take the action of building a bit of an emergency fund. Maybe the case was that, you know, at the end of a month or two of trying to pay this off, you just don't have as much paid off on the account because you just, you've spent money, you know, on different things. You look at your bank statement, your credit card statement, and you don't think that it's that bad, but you don't have the money at the end of the day that you thought you would. And this is kind of, I I see this when people try to make their goal, their, the the target of what they're going to pay off every month or every paycheck a little bit too high or extravagantly too high for like if somebody's used to spending a thousand bucks a week and then they go down to ten dollars a week just like that it's not going to stick mm. you got to get there it's slowly right you're not going to go from being a complete couch potato to being a gym rat in the gym four hours a day tomorrow forever right that habit doesn't come overnight with such a big drastic change well, i'm gonna i'm gonna quote uh, zen habits again Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really like about his approach to habit formation is that when you want to do something new, 
You start yeah. out with the the smallest possible step you could take. A step that's almost I think we talked about this before. Yep. But a step that's almost it's so small that it's almost embarrassing if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. So going to the gym, for example, right? He says, don't commit to going to the gym. Just commit to putting your shoes on. <laughs> I love that. That's Every it. time you tell this story, I laugh. Like, that is so good. Commit to putting your shoes on. Once you start doing that consistently, then commit to going outside for a walk. Yeah. And once you start doing that consistently, once you find that you're doing those things, you'll end up going to the gym. It'll happen on its own, right? So same thing here. If you're spending $1,000 a week and need to reduce it, don't jump the $10. Bring it down to nine fifty. Yeah, I mean, if you if you ha- if you target to pay off, let's say four hundred dollars every paycheck on your debt, but you fell off that like on the first try, don't target four hundred dollars in the first week. Put in on your in your bank account online a pre-authorized payment onto your debt of ten bucks. Pre-authorized that you know that doesn't change that goes in automatically. You can't not do ten bucks. Like you can do ten bucks a pay. You can spare ten dollars to go against your debt. So if you found the problem was I just haven't been able to stick to that budget and spend that little and therefore none of my debt got paid off, well, what were you paying off? And put that as your, your minimum payment now. $10, $50, 100 bucks, Whatever it is that is so small in your perception that you would be ridiculous to not actually do it. That's the number you do. Pre-authorized in your bank automatically comes out of your account every time you get paid. Start there and build up from there. Yep. Another action, we've talked about this before, you know, if you've fallen off the wagon and you're still carrying a credit card in your wallet and the thing that you did wrong was that you spent some money that you shouldn't have, why are you carrying that credit card in your wallet? <laughs> why does the credit card still exist if the credit card is the, where the debt is and that's what the problem is? Right? We've talked about that before. I think Ahmed's been very clear about his feelings on that matter. <laughs> well, I think, and I think nine times out of ten, that's actually the problem. That, yeah. That you're, you're still carrying around the card and you're going to use it. And even if you're not carrying it around, you've got you know online purchases. You got one click on Amazon. You've got it linked to PayPal, right? So those are all ways to spend. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that has to go if this is a problem. Yeah, no doubt. And then another one that I kind of thought of was the social spending that you talked about, right? The social cues that people have and then they give off when they spend. Talk to your friends. So you know if the reason that you fell off the wagon, if the reason that you stumbled was because you went out with your friends on a Friday, Saturday, and you know you went out here and there and whatever, and you know next thing you know at the end of the month that day cost you like eighty dollars, two hundred dollars, whatever, and that's the thing that you you know you're attracted to. You like doing that. You like spending time with your friends. You like having fun, but it's costing you money and it's hindering you from being able to pay off your debt. Well, we've talked about this before. Talk to your friends about it. I would hazard a guess that most of your friends are going through what you're going through, right? If you're about in the same job, making about the same money, went to the same kinds of school, probably have about the same kind of debt, they're all dealing with these problems too. They're just not talking to you about it. So be brave. Tell them, hey, you don't have to disclose everything, but just say, hey, look, guys, I want to um, reduce how much I spend by 200 bucks a month. Um, I want to hang out with everybody. I don't want that to change. I just want, can we find ways that don't cost money so that we, I can save some money? And like, you know, do you guys want to do the same thing? Do you want to, you know, get some motivation as a group together that we all want to save money? You know, whether people are paying off debt or they're, you know, saving up for a car or saving up for a house or saving for retirement or whatever, everybody wants to, in the back of their mind, save money. I would hazard a guess that most of your friends would say, yeah, that is amazing. I need to save money too. All right, what can we do that doesn't cost so much money when we want to hang out? Or they'll say, 
sorry, bro. See you in a couple of years. <laughs> Let us know when you've got all that sorted out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And those guys aren't, I mean, those people aren't your friends to begin with. I've gone through that before where, you know, the, the parameter for hanging out with certain people has been going out to a restaurant and going out to a movie. We didn't hang out, hang out otherwise doing anything else. And especially in the cases where I was picking up the tab because I've been the one of my friends that's worked since I was since I was 16. So I was the one that always had a paycheck from, you know, forever. Um, yeah, it was always nice going out to dinner with you. I always enjoyed <laughs> those meals in particular. I'm not sure why. <laughs> uh, that's a lot. I don't think we ever went out for dinner. <laughs> well, not just you and me, but I'm sure there was a group setting. Yeah. But I mean, so people who basically tell you, yeah, you know, see ya. <laughs> that's not going to work for me. They, you know, might want to reevaluate that friendship. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, it, it is time to take action. Deal with the feelings. Get your thinking right and now take action. Take the steps that you need to take to get back on that wagon. Failure doesn't come from a stumbling, hiccup, glitch, whatever. Failure comes from giving up. Yeah, exactly. That's that's it. That's the bottom line. Like We, we have to define and be clear about what failure is. All these little things that we're talking about, the things that can take you off of your plan, take you off track, those are not failure. Those they are feel just, like failures, but they're not. They're, they're, they're temporary... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Setback. They're a setback. Perfect. They're a setback, right? You got to get back on the wagon, find a way to deal with it, find a way to solve the problem and you'll be on your way. And I think really the, the, the thing that people need to realize here is what you've already mentioned, Said, is that if you've taken the steps that we've already outlined, if you've built your debt reduction plan, you've made a schedule, you've tried to make monthly payments and you've done all that. You've already done more than 99.9% .9 of people that have debt. So you're not a failure. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the ones who don't, don't do anything, they fail because they, they failed to even try. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and I, think, I think that what's preventing a lot of people from trying, and this is true for any kind of, any kind of uh, pursuit of betterment or pursuit of personal development, Anytime you try to make a better change, what's holding people back is often the fear of failure. Right. Which it's kind of that's kind of weird to think about, right? Why would they be afraid of failing at something that's going to be good for them? Right. But the truth is, so I watched Back to the Future last night, the original. Oh yeah. Yeah, I hadn't seen it in a long time. It's a great movie. Oh, I, I've been a long time since I've seen that. I should watch it again too. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, Marty McFly says, and then he finds out that that his father had said the same thing when he was a child, was because uh, he was he was a musician and wanted to submit his his songs to the record labels, and he says, you know, I don't know if I can handle that kind of rejection. Mm. That's what. So he was a good musician, but the fear of rejection or the fear of failure prevented him from even trying. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing here, that a lot of people, they want to get out of debt, they want to do this, they want to do that, they want to make these changes in their lives, but what if I fail? That'll right. be more uncomfortable. The feeling of that will be more uncomfortable than just doing nothing to begin with, because if I didn't try, then I can't fail. Right. And so if you have tried, you've already gotten over the hardest part, and that's <laughs> starting. Everything else from there should and will get easier if you just stay on the course. Absolutely. Preach, man. Preach. I'm done. Can I get a chapter in your book, though? Oh, yeah. You're going to be the the, the, the the people on the back of the cover that have, like, the reviews and the, the blurbs, too, man. For sure. That's, that's not a chapter. That's the back of the book. 
Yeah, no. Well, you you, you got on the outside of the book and the inside of the book. Come on, come on. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Sounds good. Anything to add? No, man. I think uh, hopefully we've covered this topic well. Maybe we'll be coming back to this in the future, uh, depending on how the feedback goes. But yeah, hit, hit us up. You have questions, even if they have to do with debt in your special in your particular situations. If you've been, you know, trying to conquer the debt struggle and you've been stumbling, give us an email. Tell us your story. Let us know how that's been going for you, and uh, maybe we'll dedicate an episode to dealing with your specific struggle because there's probably hundred other people out there who are listening who aren't, you know, courageous enough as you to email us. So email us and, and we'll put it out there. Yeah. And it's private. We won't mention your name, but if you do have questions or if you have a story to share, then, then we will share it on the air without mentioning your name. So you don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can shoot us an email at team at riskwise.com or go to riskwise.com slash ask. And while we're on the topic, if you're not already on our email list, you're going to want to do that so we can send you the latest episodes straight to your inbox. Just go to riskwise.com and sign up in the little box at the top there. Yeah, if you're not on those emails, like you're only getting about 50% of Riskwise. Like 50% of the Riskwise is those emails. The other half is this podcast. So jump on that. And finally, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, go there, subscribe to the show, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Please. Uh, that really helps us get more visibility for the show and get it in the hands of more people. Yes, please. That would be, be so fantastic. More people will get to benefit, inshallah. Inshallah. Risk Nation, thank you so much for listening. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.